welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. I just want to say thank you to our worship team. I just think they've been doing an incredible job in the lockdown, and uh, this is how it is every week at all of our campuses. These are many of our songs, and I can't wait for our new CD to come out uh, May 8th, and people can hear the new songs, worship with them, and uh, just get even more of River Valley worship. Um, I've been listening to it a ton in between Zoom calls, FaceTime, phone calls, and that's my life lately. It's been at home work. And uh, just this last week, I was talking to John Maxwell. I was on a Zoom with him and then called him right after he was in his car driving. I said, hey, can I get a couple more minutes? And uh, we were talking about what was the difference between 9-11 and then this crisis? And he said, easy, easy. After 9-11, we were devastated, but we started rebuilding. We knew what to do. We all pulled together. He said, with this crisis right now, nobody really knows what to do. And a lot of people are staying home. Of course, there's essential services, but people are staying home and they're developing good or bad habits. And he said, if it's a bad habit, people are just, you know, too many soap operas, too much sweat clothes, too many sweets. And he said, they're, they're bad. He's like, they better start changing and the people with good habits. And we started talking about other good and bad habits. And one of the things that hit me was we have built an anxiety habit. We are starting to have more and more anxiety creep up in our life and it's starting to control people And I wanted to speak to that. I wanted to address anxiety. It's different than fear, okay? It's different than fear. We talked about Psalm 91, first week of this, but I wanna talk about anxiety. And in Psalm 94, verse 19, it says this, when my anxious thoughts multiply within me, your consolations delight my soul. The psalmist was saying, my anxious thoughts are multiplying within me And I just feel like there's a multiplying of anxiety and people are just, is it me? What about this? What about that? And it's very real. I don't want to downplay what's going on, but I want to tell you anxiety is getting the upper hand. Anxiety is getting out of place. And um, I want to illustrate this. I I, I love to read. Um, And I read Malcolm Gladwell's book, uh, David and Goliath. And in that book, he talked about um, Blitzkrieg when, when London was being bombed by the Nazis And he talked about that uh, the UK, they were worried that when the bombing would happen, 57 nights in a row, boom, boom, boom. They said, when this happens, we're gonna predict that there's gonna be at least 250,000 dead and wounded in the first week. We're we're predicting that people of London are gonna flee, they're gonna run, they're gonna get out of the city, productivity's gonna drop down, the war will be lost, it will be over. And they were just worried, but here's what happened. They started getting bombed, and as they got bombed, the estimates were way off. It wasn't 250,000. It was 40,000 dead and 46,000 wounded. So again, estimates are all over the place. That's what they are. They're estimates. And they said there were three groups there, and they noticed that the, the one group was so brave. One group was so brave, and they didn't behave the way that they thought they would. They actually stayed put. The British say it's because of a stiff upper lip, but no, it's not that. What happened was there were three groups. There were those that tragically died in the bombing. There were those that had the near miss, the near miss group he talked about, and they were affected by this, some very adversely. They, it traumatized them because they almost died. 
But there were other people in a group that were the, the remote misses. And the remote misses started to behave like they were invincible. And they, they defied the odds. They said, well, it missed me, that bombs would be dropping and they would just keep walking. And they said, it missed me. And I'm not gonna be ruled by the low numbers. I'm gonna be ruled by the fact that 8 million people live in London and more of us are alive than dying. And they became invincible and they lived life and they became productive and they went out and they changed the way that England was. And, and this Canadian studied it and he said this, he wrote a uh, report on it, the structure of morale. And he says, the morale of the community depends on the attitude and behavior of the survivors. It depends on that. And so I'm telling you right now that it feels like our world, because of the phone, we're scrolling and we're, we're, we're seeing every story and we feel like we're becoming near-miss victims. And I wanna speak to you right now, you are not a near-miss victim. Many of us are remote survivors and we need to be victorious believers and moving forward saying, how can I help? What can I do? I will not be paralyzed by anxiety and fear. I mean, I just wanna say, there are very real people that are, near-miss survivors right now. There are people that are elderly. There are people that are vulnerable with pre-existing conditions. There are people that are obese and they need to listen up. You, you could be a remote or a near-miss person and I'm speaking to you. You need to shelter. You need to take care. If you're overweight, you need to lose weight. And I'm, I, I'm talking to you. I'm somebody that used to be heavy. They got a picture of me with my driver's license there. That's me. You're talking to a guy that used to wear an extra large shirt and is now down to a medium that changed before he had to, wrote a book about it. And I'm just telling you, some of you are near miss, you need to be taking care of yourself. The others, you need to be remote miss and you need to say, I am moving forward. Anxiety will not cripple me, it will not destroy me. We're gonna reopen church up ahead. I'm gonna tell you, we're gonna reopen church. Mayo Clinic feels that they have enough uh, testing to, to meet the governor's demands. Israel is working on a vaccine right now where they have a drug actually that is stopping this. Other pharmaceutical companies are saying, we've got this, there's a race to save human life right now, but we're gonna reopen again. And when we do, we've gotta overcome anxiety and fear. Right now's the time for the church to shine bright and say, we know who we believe in. We know that this world is not the end. That's why we're living differently. We, we're gonna do common sense when we re reopen. We're not gonna have you shake your neighbor's hands. We're gonna have you know, Purell and maybe even thermometers you know, for people taking temperature. We're gonna do the smart thing, social spacing, take every other row out or something, whatever it takes to get back open because church is more like a family than a business and I miss my family. You should too. But there's so much anxiety and it's like the scripture said, your thoughts, these anxious thoughts are multiplying within you. And I, I wanna give you some research that I did with Pew Research, Barna, One Hope, The Economist, the National Center for Biotechnology. After one hour of scrolling, one hour of scrolling, anxiety starts to build and manifest in your life. Every 15 minutes more of scrolling takes you deeper in. Passive scrolling, what does that mean? Looking at what everybody else is doing. Not engaging, but just looking and looking and looking. You know what it does? It starts to bring anxiety in your life. And I'm telling you, it's, it's spiraling out of control and people are starting to appropriate things out of them. What does that mean? It means to make it yours. I taught about this in healing. We should appropriate the healing that Jesus Christ paid for on the cross and make it ours. That you should appropriate, but the anxiety and the misery and the pain, you shouldn't do that. You should have a burden to pray for it, but don't make it yours. Anxiety is just 
overwhelming us. Time Magazine said this. They said, the coronavirus pandemic may be causing an anxiety pandemic. Our anxious thoughts are multiplying, like the psalmist said, and it's overwhelming us. And you know what's gonna happen pretty soon? Those overwhelming thoughts are gonna cause you to start speaking vulture. And if you remember that earlier sermon, I forbid you to speak vulture. We're gonna speak faith, hope, life, victory in Jesus. We're not gonna be denying the facts, but we're gonna live above those numbers. We're gonna live above 355 million people in America. The odds are in our favor. Come on, we are gonna live and overcome anxiety in Jesus' name. Now, I want you to understand, anxiety is not a sin. A lot of people in the Bible were anxious. The psalmist is saying it, and he's not saying like, you know, help me with my sin. Uh, David says this in Psalm 139. He says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. He didn't say like, and because and, I'm a sinner. No, there's, it's okay. We can have anxious thoughts, but we've got to be able to overcome them. And when you're anxious, you have, you know, um, you're nervous, you're restless, you're tense, you, 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 you panic, you doubt, you tremble, you have trouble sleeping. Some of you are like, that's me, that's me. You have difficulty controlling worrying. That's anxiety, okay? But it moves from anxiety and then it can move into sin. We'll get there in just a minute. But let me, let me tell you, Paul urges in Philippians chapter four, verse six, he says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, all right? And, and I know this anxiety is rooted in an incomplete knowledge and we don't have the ability to control things and we're just like, you know, but let's not be imprisoned by this anxiety. I love what Max Lucado says. He says, the presence of anxiety is unavoidable, but the, per the prison of anxiety is optional. And I just choose to not be in the optional prison of anxiety. Yep, I'm using hand sanitizer. Yep, I'm doing what I need to do, but I refuse to be in the prison of anxiety. And, and here's what happens. There, there's this anxiety here, and it's, it's not a sin, but it's seen as an affliction that God wants to deliver us. Let me say that again. It's not a sin, but it's an affliction that comes on us that God wants to deliver us from. And he wants us to be able to get out from this, this oppression, this affliction, this anxiety. Now, some of you just need this spoken over you right now. So I'll pause for a moment with a couple scriptures. You just need to hear this. You're like, that's me, that's me, that's me. This scripture's for you. First Peter 5, 6 and 7. I speak this over you in Jesus' name. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. He does. Proverbs 12, 25 says, in a man's, in a, anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. A good word makes you glad, and I'm speaking a good word over you, and today, Psalm 94 says the good word is your consolations, God's good thoughts, God's you know heart and attitude, his strength that comes to us is what's our good word. So I want you to focus on God's good comfort, God's comfort, focus on that right now, and I'll illustrate this. I was speaking in Australia last year, and I, flown there and I was jet lagged. I was trying to be jet lagged. And our host said, we're gonna take you fishing. 
out in the ocean, and uh, we're gonna help you pass the time and, and get over jet lag. I thought, great idea, I won't fall asleep, the boat will be rocking. I got out there and I don't know what happened. I don't usually get seasick, but I was like, whoa. Maybe it was jet lag, maybe it was because I didn't know if it was breakfast, lunch, dinner, I don't know. And I was just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I was thinking, this is not good. And they said, focus on the land. Focus on that which doesn't move. Focus on that which is fixed. Focus on that, that, that will keep you steady. And I'm speaking to you right now, focus on that which is fixed. Focus on that which is steady. And as you, all the, all the economy, COVID, the, you know, no, you focus on what is steady and it'll give you the strength that you need. John Calvin said this, he said, don't let these thoughts get the final word. Don't let them have undue ascendancy, meaning dominion or supremacy. He was saying, do not let those anxious thoughts, don't let them take you over. God's with you. God's with you. He's gonna get you through. So what do you focus on? You focus on his word. You focus on his word, rock solid. Some of you need to turn your phone off and do your devotions old school. Get a paper Bible and don't let the latest, latest distract you with anxiety. But his word is solid. Earlier in Psalm 94, in the verses there, it, the psalmist writes in verse nine, does he who fashioned the ear not hear? Does he who formed the eye not see? God can hear you, God can see you, God can take care of you. Psalm 94, 18 says, again, right before our text, he says, when I felt my feet slipping, you came with your love and you kept me steady. Why? Because he's solid. He's solid, and we've gotta focus in on him and his comforts, and his word is solid. You need to read it more. Don't, do not miss a day of your soap reading, your scripture, observation, application, prayer. You'll find it on our website. Don't miss it. Solid, solid. Meditate on the good. Meditate on the good. Philippians 4.8, whatsoever things are noble, true, right, pure, lovely. You know what that's saying? Scroll. Uh, Rob translation says scroll for the good things. Focus and scroll, meditate. I know there's problems you have to solve, but set a time limit on how long you're gonna look at the problems and then move on. Meditate on the good. Do not fixate on the things of anxiety. Another thing you need to do is pray. I don't have time to go into this, but there's a story in the book of Daniel where Daniel was threatened by the king. The king was gonna take his life. He said, if you can't interpret my dream, all the wise men die, you die, they all die. You don't think he had anxiety? He didn't have fear, but he had little, like, okay. And he's like, okay, God can hear, God can see, God, God can solve this. And he started praying. And then he got his answer. And he's like, speak, Lord, I'm listening. My heart is ready, I'm ready to do this. You've given me strength, you're gonna get me through this. You need to pray. You need to pray. If you have a prayer language, pray in your prayer language. You need to pray and get the strength to overcome anxiety in Jesus' name. Another thing to focus in on is God's character, his character. Who is God? He is so loving. He's so kind. He's so solid. He doesn't change is what the word of God tells us. You know what? He's all powerful. He's all knowing. He's all present. You focus on God and it is solid, solid, solid. You focus on the Trinity. You're like, the Trinity right now? Yeah. I love, uh, one of our missionaries told me this the other day. He said, I love the Trinity. He said, I love it. I love it. I said, I, I do too, but why? He goes, God is 
for me. God the Father is for me. He said, Jesus, God the Son is with me. And he said, the Holy Spirit, he is in me. God is for me. Jesus is with me. The Holy Spirit's in me. That's solid. That's solid. I mean, you. some of you might need to just do a Jericho march around your living. If you don't know what that is, Google it later. Keep listening to the sermon. But seriously, you help and serve others. Some of you are getting anxiety because you're not serving. You're not serving. I mean, you're like, well, I haven't found a COVID person to help. I, I, I. Well, go mow somebody's lawn when that snow melts. Go do something. Go shovel the driveway if it snows again. Oh, man, take care. We talk about Jesus first, others second, yourself last. That's how you overcome anxiety. Philippians 2, verses three through four, don't be jealous or proud, but be humble and consider others more important than yourselves. Care about them as much as you care about yourselves. Pay for somebody's groceries. Take the toilet paper out of your cart. Give it to the other person that didn't get any. Come on, care for others. It'll bring you joy. It'll stop you like, it'll bring anxiety. Trust God, trust God. Then the other thing, I know I said, don't, don't scroll for bad, but scroll for hope. I'm calling this message, scrolling anxiety, scrolling hope. Scroll for hope. What do I mean? Look out, post hope. Do you know that they've done studies, same studies I referenced earlier. They said you're three degrees of hope separation. Whatever you post has the ability to go three degrees, three steps away and bring hope. And it's good if you, if you bring hope. And it's not, don't, don't bring hope. Like, I'm a tough guy. You know, bring hope in Jesus. Right now, people are saying, I want hope in Jesus. Somebody sent me a text this week. They said, one of our distributors said, hey, you, you have hope in the midst of this. Talk to me. They prayed with them to lead them to faith in Jesus right there on the call. Man, because scrolling hope, I see the hope in you. The world is looking, scrolling anxiety, and we need to help them scroll hope. So post hope, do this. I mean, here's a couple things I just wanna encourage you with right now. I wanna give you, that, the best hope, by the way, is hope in Jesus, putting that out there. Not just you, hope in Jesus. You put that out there. I am not a near-miss victim. I am a remote miss. I am a victorious overcomer, and I'm gonna live that way. I'm gonna live at 355 million. I know the number, every, every person's life is precious, but I'm telling you, we have let anxiety cripple us and we cannot, we are smarter than this. We are better than this. God is greater than this. This world is not my end. I'm gonna be a victorious overcomer in Jesus' name. If you, by the way, comment on that. If you, like, you can amen. I was telling the staff the other day we were on Zoom, I was like, this is amen, this is amen. We can do that. You could put a comment in the, in the thread right there. I believe this. I'm gonna be a victorious overcomer. Let me give you a quick, quick thing. Uh, the oldest survivor of COVID right now that they know of is from where else? Minnesota. Now, I know this is going around the world, but hey, Minnesota. By the way, and to our global community out there, we love you too, but Minnesota, we are a hearty bunch. We get the flu and we call it Thursday because that's us. We're just tough. And this lady, Vera Mueller, the oldest person, 104 years old, survived it. She's tough. She's from Minnesota. If she can make it, that's hope. That's scrolling hope. That's what I'm looking for. Bill uh, Lapshees, he's the guy that is the 104-year-old veteran, but he turned 104. Uh, Vera was already 104, so he's probably second oldest, all right? The, whatever they got in their genes, duplicate it. Get the plasma from them. Those guys are the real deal. But this guy, he survived the Spanish flu, the Great Depression, World War II, COVID. They had a birthday party. They were self-isolated from him. And I thought, 
He's already smiled, but they probably are thinking, we're probably not as tough as you, Bill. Happy birthday, waving from a distance. Man, it's bringing hope. John Krasinski, uh, he did the Some Good News. He's done that show, and I just, man, scroll hope, scroll hope, scroll hope. That's what we've got to do. I am a victorious survivor. I'm a remote miss. I'm not gonna be taken down by anxiety. I am overcoming this in Jesus' name. When my anxious thoughts, Psalm 94, verse 19, we started with it, multiply within me. Do not let them multiply within you. Your consolations delight my soul. His word, his strength, it delights me and it brings me strength and it brings you strength. God is for you. God is for you. Jesus is with you and the Holy Spirit is in you. And I pray when we reopen church, we, we are the smartest people doing all the right things we need to do, but we come in overcoming anxiety in Jesus' name, overcoming in Jesus' name. I want us to scroll hope, share hope, post hope, declare hope, point people to hope, and the hope is in Jesus Christ. And I just wanna say this, if you don't have it, you're like, I, that's all so good. I want some of that. I, I want in. I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm gonna give you the opportunity to do that. As I speak to those that already know Jesus, please live like you are overcoming anxiety. Live like you have the hope within you. Live differently. But for those of you that don't, you could live with this overcoming joy, not overcome by the anxiety of this world, but overcome by the peace that God gives us. He doesn't say our life will be trouble-free, but he says it'll be peaceful, full in the midst of the storm. And if you don't have that peace, I'd love to help you know that peace right now. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you, he rose again from the dead, and his promises are true, if you believe that and you say, God, just forgive me, I call on you, forgive me, he will forgive you. And at that moment, you are turning. You're saying, I'm sorry for what I've done. I turn towards you, Jesus, and I want to live for you. And the Bible says you'll be forgiven of your sins. And if that's you, I'd love to pray for you. And if you say that prayer, could you please let somebody know online or at the end, we'll tell you a couple ways, but you would just pray this. You'd pray, and repeat after me, okay? Even if you're in a room with other people, you pray out loud, repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins and all that I've done wrong. I ask you to forgive me. I believe you died on the cross and rose again from the dead so I could be forgiven. I receive that forgiveness. And right now today, I pledge to live for you for the rest of my life. Give me the strength to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that, it's real. It's real, and I thank God for that. That peace will fill your life. There'll still be troubles out there, but you will be peaceful. Full. Everything you've ever done wrong has been forgiven and you have a new life in Jesus Christ. And if that's you and you said yes to Jesus, could you do one more thing? Could you text now what to 94,000? Now what to 94,000? We'd love to celebrate with you, be able to get you some resources that are online there and say congratulations on your new life in Jesus Christ. Anxiety will not rule us. Peaceful will rule us in Jesus' name. Now we're ready for some more worship, but I celebrate with you. I celebrate those that said yes to Jesus, and I thank God for every one of you. We will overcome anxiety in Jesus' name and live peace.
Fall.